Yeah, no. I I always tell people that I don't really do records anymore unless it's acceptance. That's literally what I tell people. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. It seems like uh, it's been forever since I've seen you, and we've done one of these things, huh? Yeah, it <laughs> does. Yeah. Uh, I know that both of us have been really, really busy. I appreciate everyone that listens for, for uh, being patient with us. Uh, you have anything uh, really awesome happening that you'd like to talk about? Um, I have a bunch of awesome stuff happening, and I'm not going to talk about any of it. All right. Fair, Except that I have, a, I have a new single coming out um, probably next month. So um, nice. that'll be cool. And yeah. And this is, the, this is the one that I heard, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, then I can let everybody know that it is fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Both of us have been really busy. Uh, we are excited, though, to finally get this episode to you. Um, is there any other things going on that you want to go through? Or we just roll, roll right into this. Well, I think we should probably tell people the name of the podcast and our names. Uh, like that's a that's a good start. Yeah. What about like who? What's your name? <laughs> I am Matthew Schwartz. Hi, Matthew. I'm. My name is Aaron Sprinkle, and this is a podcast called Moon Traveling. Yes. And we're about to play you um, our interview with Jason Vena from Acceptance. Um, it was really awesome catching up with him, and I think it is quite entertaining and full of anecdotes. Yeah, I really enjoyed this uh, interview. Um, he's just a really great guy, and I felt like we just really just vibed and had a really good conversation. Yeah. So here it is. Oh, good. I, did you guys get my list of, of topics that are... Off you, limits? Know, yeah, I, I call them, don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> you did the finger, though, with your video you sent. Yeah, don't, don't go, go there. there writer. <laughs> That's my don't go there, writer. Yeah. Um, okay, everybody, listen. This is Jason Vena. Um, he's here with us, and uh, we're going to start talking to him. let's just talk to it yeah yeah and this just don't be the fact that there's an electrical panel right here that's nobody should be concerned about that i just we can't see that by the way oh i can't i I can see it well if i just go if i go like this every once in a while it's just this i I have a handler over here that's i have uh, somebody (laughs) over here that's that's prepping me for the next thing um it's just uh, right now, I have four iPads set up, and I just move my chair down, and it's it's for you don't meet people anymore. I'm, uh, but the cool thing is, is is I'm looking out the window to uh, some, some water and some grass, and um, it's it's fair. This aside from no people in the room, it feels this feels real. It feels pretty nice. good. Yeah, where where is are it real? Where are you, by the it, way? Um, this fresh crack of the grass here. Um, I'm, I, uh, Where are you reaching us from, caller? 
It's possible that I might not get through an entire sentence in this whole thing if Aaron's going to stay on this thing. Uh, <laughs> Are you in Bellevue okay. right now? Yeah, sorry. So I'm in Bellevue right now. Yeah, we're. Um, I'm in. I'm between homes right now. Uh, so we're just just got a place that we're renting here in Bellevue, and uh, yeah, we're just kind of doing that thing, and um, it's cool. Nice. It's been yeah, it's it's a good little run here. We got a, you know, for people don't know Bellevue is in it's in Washington. It Bellevue, is, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We're, yeah. What's Washington's the address good. for everybody so they can find you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> let me get that. So how? Quick. How did your publicist agree to this interview? Uh, well, we looked at the docket. It looked it was open, for, uh, surprisingly. Love it. <laughs> right in between my son's, uh, my son showing me the Minecraft skin that he made of me, um, <laughs> if I was an Avenger. And please tell me that you'll send us that so we can post that. <laughs> yeah, I really need to see. We that. could we could you make that play, the cover right? for the episode. I'm going to tell you something. If you see my kids' Minecraft skins, you're going to go, want to go write like ten more Soundstripe songs. You're going to instantly feel like you need to just create at a high level because he <laughs> he does things and he's like you know and you I what was it last uh, oh last night he did the villains from. Uh, spider-man no way home you know hey dad come come check out these villains and uh the the problem is they look like they look like them and and then i'm like you know let me show you what i was doing when i was nine and it's a b up down (laughs) left right you know (laughs) i was on a parallel universe going left to right for like hours you know like Yep. Well, can you get coins? Can you get coins? So, what if you can make a Minecraft skin that looks like what's a, you know, the come over here code? Contra. The come over here code. Yeah, that was Contra. Yeah, up up, down left right start select A B whatever it was, Mm -hmm. ninety nine lives. Yeah, yeah. I I played. I didn't play with people that did that crap. I didn't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Next time he's next time he intimidates you, just say, "Do you even Contra, bro?" Bro. Just say that to him. Is the blonde guy in Contra Van Damme or Schwarzenegger, or is it both? <laughs> That's the question I would be asking them. And it just stops everybody in the tracks. Who is it Dolph exactly? Lundgren. And oh, and Dolph, they just put their faces all in the like, morph yeah. It was like, I'm telling you, I sing on a couple of those Soundstripe songs. It's going to sound like a Contra song <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, I need to do that. That sounds like a really good idea. Um, all right, God. all right. Washington, okay, Matthew, do you have cut, any structure cut, to this? Cut to, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll rein this in. I'll rein this in. Cut okay. to rein it in. Washington. Well, okay. So everybody, thank you for joining us. We have Jason Vanna here with us today from the band Acceptance. And uh, Jason, I typically find on the internet um, bios about the people that we interview and read it to you, and you let me know how uh, close it is. This one, I put a couple together. And there's one particular uh, quote that I found that I really like, like that I wanted to share. Um, yes, I okay. can't wait. But we got uh, Jason Vanna is the lead singer of the band Acceptance, an American pop punk band from Seattle, Washington, formed in 1998. The band has broken up a couple times but has always found its way back together. They have released three full-length records, Phantoms, Colliding by Design, and Wild Free, five EPs and four singles. Uh, some members have gone on to play with bands such as Search, Rescue, Amberlynn, Thunder, Thunder, to name a few. 
uh, all music biographer Neil Z. Yang described the band's sound as catchy melodies, big choruses, and arena-sized sing-alongs incorporating a harder rock edge into their sound, reminiscent of Jimmy Eat World, Sunny Day Real Estate, Mineral, The Juliana Theory, and Amberlynn. Uh, the band has been described as pop punk fused with alternative pop and pop rock. What, what are we thinking? You know, I don't like it when people put labels on my music. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, what was that from? <laughs> uh, some of it was Wikipedia. Some of it was, was from the all music thing. And, and yeah. then, uh, I don't know where else I found them. Well, I, you know, actually, all, you know, all, the last... I think the last two records, All Music tagged as albums of the year for for their particular uh, that platform. Yeah, that's um, pretty awesome. Which I thought was pretty cool. And that particular, I think his name is Neil or whatever. His yeah, I think his name is Neil. Um, has has had really cool things to say about the last two records. I, I think um, it's really hard to talk in the th- in the third person about your own music without feeling pretentious at some level for me. And so uh, ultimately there's influences. I think Jimmy world is a good, I think when people, uh, you know, pull references out, I I think Jimmy eat world is one that I'm probably okay to source cite because it was like bleed American was and clarity and futures were probably, you know, definitely clarity and definitely bleed American were very formative as far as modern at the time, a modern artist that the band really, um, had, had a high level of respect for and felt like captured a sound that was in the same space that we wanted to be. But a lot of that came from, Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody in the band had, a interesting background of music that they kind of pulled from. I think I, I, I pulled a lot from the U2, even like the Journey type stuff and, mm-hmm. and Phil Collins and some of the, some of the very, like some of the more musical Aaron 80s. Sprinkle. <laughs> I actually, I actually was a huge Aaron Sprinkle fan. I was, I was a huge Aaron Sprinkle fan. Um, but I think um, I pulled from there you know, K- Kalen pulled a lot of the music from Fat Records days. Uh, you know, Lagwagon was you know a huge um, inspiration there. Um, you know, Christian kind of had a a really eclectic mix. Yeah, Ryan and Garrett, I think, had more of an eclectic mix. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ryan probably more from an independent. He was some of the heavier music and the independent stuff. Sunny Day Real Estate's in there a little bit as well, and I just feel sure, like yeah. Jimmy, you know, Jimmy World did a good job of like capturing some of the. I, I, I bet you they they were you know whether it's Sunny Day or Death Cab for Cutie or some of these artists that were kind of coming up when we were coming up a little bit before us. They, I think they captured some of that. I think a lot. I think a lot of the e, what is now called emo or what was called emo. Mm-hmm. Came came from a lot of the Southern California kids that grew up listening to the new school punk rock music, and you know you took that new, that new. What happened is they took that new school punk rock. They took some of the hardcore stuff that kind of came out and made it much more melodic, and that's where you got those upbeat songs that were still heavier. And it all just mm-hmm. kind of continued to evolve. But I mean, if you listen to, I mean, one from meeting a lot of these bands at this point and knowing that that ended up being where a lot of that came from. But if you listen to some of the, to the stuff, you know, what we're doing is really just an evolution of like what we listen to 
from a modern day perspective, which at the time was, you know, face to face, uh, Jimmy world, mm -hmm. still some of the older bands that, that, that I just already mentioned to the U2s of the world, but then, but a lot of the contemporaries and, um, and nowadays, you know, we didn't really, you know, there's bands like Coldplay and the Killers that we really liked listening to at the moment, but they weren't influences at the time. That yeah. now as we went, you know, as we got into Colliding by Design and Wild Free, I think some of those, those are probably some contemporary artists that started to really influence. I think the Killers were a good one for us because they took some of the American rock and roll from the eighties that I, that I'm kind of talking the Tom Petty stuff and, and mm -hmm. some of this, the more like down to earth melodic stuff. And they made it, they, 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 they modernized it, I guess for in their time. And then, so that kind of created a new, when I listened to that, I'm like, okay, this is where I couldn't figure out how to get there. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. how do I take Tom Petty or whatever? And like making an acceptance like have an acceptance influence like like to me take cover when i listen to take cover i hear steve perry which is the funniest thing to me but like when i think it's like when i was writing like <laughs> that song that's awesome and i listen to it now and you know i still you know uh that's um, awesome i would have never thought that but i totally hear that me on again it's like such a, to me it's a, such a steve perry like melody mm -hmm. yeah. um do you know that are you familiar with that guy that's big on uh, YouTube now? Probably TikTok too, but YouTube where he takes like songs and does them in different styles and stuff. Like does a lot of like songs from the early two thousands and makes them country or or takes like, he did like Wonderwall and made it a pop punk song like it was Blink One Eight Two. Oh really? Yeah, and he's really that good. Sounds we, cool. We need to have him do that song and make it sound like Journey. Like yeah, do it like backwards. Like yeah, yeah. like when you sick. yeah, put it on the record player backwards, and then that's what it sounds like. But uh, that's so I cool. recall, I recall listening to Bleed American a little bit when we were making Phantom. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, yeah. I, I mean, mean, when and when I say a little bit, I mean every single day. Every single. <laughs> I'm like. Yeah. Aaron, would anybody notice if we just did this part right here, or is that yeah. probably too, is that too much? Is that, is that too, too much, much on the nose? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, take me back. How did you guys start as a band? Like, where, where, where did you meet uh, Christian, yeah. Kaylin, Ryan, Garrett? Like, yeah. did you guys uh, meet in school? Like, where did you guys meet? Uh, so Kaylin and I, uh, we started the band, if you will, and we met... There was a, uh, we, uh, it was Warp Tour 1997, I think, or 98. Sick. And it was a, uh, it was at the Kingdom, Aaron. So the Kingdom was nice. still a thing. And uh, Eminem was one of the headliners of the Warp wow. Tour that year. And so uh, both our girlfriends at the time were friends. Kaylin was in a, a band called All Wound Up that actually ended up signing the Tooth and Nail. Aaron oh, knows those guys. Mm -hmm. um, and, I was in, I was in nothing really. I was in my own, like a garage band or something. And it was like, it was one of those things where the girls were, you know, it was like, hey, you guys got to meet, um, whatever. And okay, cool. And so we met up and we just, at the, at the Warp Tour, we're like, hey, let's get together and jam. And, you know, we got together and jammed. And it was, um, once again, I was playing, like he all wound up was like a new school, kind of a new school punk rock band, if you will. Mm -hmm. I was I was doing like MXPX covers, you know, mm -hmm. and like Green Day covers and like what I would call, you know, I think MXPX, even Green Day to some extent, like for sure MXPX pulled a lot more from like, let's say Elvis, for instance, than yeah, like, yeah. right? Like it was more, 
those influences were a little bit more of a different type of musical background and the new school punk rock stuff was coming from a, you know, probably just a, a, a more straightforward punk rock history. So right. I was, I think I was probably that my, that's what I brought to the table. And then Kaylin, I thought brought the new school punk sounds, which were like dissonant lead guitar ideas. Like when you take that new school punk rock sound and you slow it down, you know, it's mm -hmm. that, it's the picking, it's the, it's, it's dissonant mm -hmm. core chords. It's like very interesting sounding music, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, still on, but still on like a three, four chord progression, you know, but just like very like the best way to, I always just say is dissonant, you know, like, uh, no use for a name and some of these in, um, you know, face to face, I think is a really good example. And of course, ignorance mm -hmm. is bliss. You know, ignorance is bliss is my favorite record, and everybody hates it, and they think it's terrible. And I think it's the greatest thing has ever they've <laughs> ever done. And um, so yeah, so we met up, started jamming, and um, we had it was Kaylin and I, and it was my best friend at the time started drumming for us, and I played bass guitar. And we That's found, right. yeah, we found a guy that went to school with my buddy who was our drummer and he played guitar and his name was Chris DeCastro. And that was the band at first and we started just kind of doing our thing. And then um, we had added, so at some point we made a, made a call for me to not play bass anymore. And we added, I want to say Chris Camp from Shorthanded came at that point. Mm -hmm. And it was me, it was me, Chris Camp, Kalen, Peter, Chris DeCastro. And then this is where it gets a little muddy. I know Chris DeCastro leaves the band. And I mean, we don't have to do like Leviticus or whatever, where it's like so and so. No, I, 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 so -so. I'm actually really, I'm really interested <laughs> in this, actually. So, where, how did Christian come into this? That's what I want no, to that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to get to because, like, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the, 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 the lineup. You know, uh, that's the thing is he leaves, uh, Garrett comes in, Garrett plays guitar, Garrett goes to drums. Our bass player right. gets replaced by Ryan because, okay. uh, because Chris, during the, remember we were making the record in Chris Camp, uh, you know, we had, we, and then Ryan came in and then, yeah, when, wasn't it the EP that we were making when Chris yeah. started and then Ryan came in partway through? Yeah, and Christian was already yeah. in because we had, Garrett had moved the drums, and so Garrett was the drummer, Christian's a guitar player, Ryan's the bass player, and Kaylin and then me, and that's like really the start. That's the band. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the, and then that's the lineup that's done the last two records. So yeah, sorry. Okay, so anyway, no, then, you're fine. I was giving you a hard time. And then oh, we were able so, to get every what year? What year was that where you felt like the uh, the, the final lineup came together? Uh, 2001. That was two, I think 2000, no, 2000. I think we, Aaron and I, I think Aaron, we made that in 2000 because it was released in 01 on, um, yeah. So I want to know, I want to know how we connected to do black lines. Like how did oh, that yeah, yeah. Well, come about? We, yeah. A combination of things. So you produced Poconaccia or whatever it was called. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The MSPH that was record. Mm -hmm. And you were in Poor Old Lou and Rose Blossom Punch, and, and Rose Blossom Punch was like, uh, musically, there were some good, I, only the songs that you sang in on Poor Old Lou, I was into, that's just me personally, I, you know, whatever. But, uh, so, so one, I, one song. song. Yeah. So one yeah. song. <laughs> what is this? Anyway, so that's the song. Uh, but, um, 
Yeah, so I was just really drawn to you, the stuff that you wrote and, and just your vibe and whatnot, and then saw that you had produced the MXPX record, and so we just and kind I of manifested. Uh, it it wasn't farm to table idea at this point yet. We weren't that, you know. <laughs> we would have probably farm we would have we would have done anything at that point. Yeah, I, I, I think it. Was, no, it really was more about that's who it needs to be. The conversation wasn't like who's local that we can get in here. You know, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. It was like this is the guy we got to get Aaron to do it. And then I, 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 Aaron, I have no idea how we. I think I might have talked to you. I, I don't know, but I I do think either I talked to you or Kalen might have been working for Tooth and Nail at the time and we got your number or something. Because um, I can't did, remember the intro. Did Kalen's yeah, I don't band, remember it either. Did Kalen's band work with you, Aaron? Prior? No. No, okay. no I never worked with them. No, but Kalen um, worked at Tooth and Nail, so he was in yeah. the mail yeah, room. He, and he worked in the mail room, that's right. So he might have he might have been able to get your number through Bill or something like that. Or Yeah, that might that that's probably what it was. I feel like him. I feel like we met Aaron at the studio. Like we had a little, you mm-hmm. were doing something, and we met at the studio and had a little, you know, whatever. Little and that's wow, wow. yeah, and that's where kind of how it took off. And I mean, you know, it worked out. You were you were much more elitist back then than you are now. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This is so around ninety nine, two thousand ish. Yeah, two thousand, two thousand, two thousand, two thousand one, something like that. I forget. Yeah, Aaron yeah. sent me a picture of himself. Probably, what were you, fifteen or sixteen in that picture with your brother and mm-hmm. what, that you just sent? And I thought to myself, "There's no way that guy produced every acceptance record that was ever made." <laughs> <laughs> Kid's way too cool. Like you, know, like I'm like, damn. At fifteen, I was like wearing sweats. Still, this guy's got like Doc Martens, Martens on. And, so, yeah. was cuff jeans? Was the um, I mean, because to a lot of people, I guess they, especially in talking, you know, to Aaron and looking at liner notes and stuff, kind of seems like he's uh, a member, but a, a like a, a, a silent member of the band. Uh, would you say that? Would, would do you feel like that's mm-hmm. that's true? And and how? What was the evolution like from meeting him, agreeing to have him produce this EP with you, to uh, now being like? as we started the conversation going, both of you saying we can't do this record without each other. I think, I mean, it, it was really, I mean, it's a, looking back on it now, there's a combination of elements. I mean, we all hit it off with Aaron from a personality perspective. We hit it off. Um, and we just had a lot of fun working together, but I think, you know, and, and Aaron, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, both for Aaron and for the band going through the process of making that EP. And then, and we made that EP that we paid for that on our own. It was all, Mm -hmm. you know, DIY type stuff and going through that process and then getting, you know, getting signed to Columbia and as a band, you know, feeling like this loyalty that Aaron was part of what kind of found the spark that kind of, I mean, Keep in mind, we we really hadn't ev- developed our sound. We, we still really, even in my mind, Phantoms isn't a de- developed sound. Even though, you know, that's a record that most people we were de- we've been developing it the whole time. I mean, we yeah. did on the EP, we did on Phantoms, and that was part of the fun for me. It was it was yeah. it wasn't like this is who we are. This is what we do. It yeah. was like what what are we going to do? Like what? But, and, and what's I the think right there was, thing? 
there was something about you know Aaron's pr- producer career was moving in the same way that maybe our 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 band career was moving and right. and that record you know the, you know for for a band and a producer to get an opportunity to produce a major label record it, it, mm-hmm. at the record oh, totally, you know, yeah. became a the, from a from the label perspective there was a it's everything you could ever want to hear as an artist that's looking to get supported financially basically they're like this is yeah. going to be the biggest record of all time and we're going to spend mm-hmm. all this money so I, I think it was like a combination we had a there was a relationship that was an inst- we had an instant connection it was working with each other in the studio the, on the EP and in at the, for the record it was just a lot of fun we had a, there were so many moments where where personally and creatively we all just just had a good time we we were redoing stuff we were coming up with new ideas we were just like really organically evolving as the record happened and i think we were evolving musically aaron i think was evolving you know in his craft and and then i think there was this this other part that was we've all, all everybody in the band and and aaron we've always just had you know, humor that we all connected on and like movies mm-hmm. and this stupid stuff that we just connected at a different, at a pretty good level. And so this bond was created and I think then everything happening with the record the way it did and, and we just always, not that he asked us to or anything like that, it's just we always stood by Aaron. It was like when the record label wanted us to go do, de- I mean, we did demos with, what's his name? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Lou Giordano, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That did, mm-hmm. I mean, he did The Rising Tide for Sunday Day Real Estate. That's mm-hmm. a, Killer record. Yeah, it's a great record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lou's amazing. And we're the, the, you know we're doing demos with them, and we're doing a song with Butch Walker, and everybody's trying to push this a different direction. And we just you know, there's always been something. We've always felt a DIY mindset. We've always felt a, a blue collar work ethic. Work, mm-hmm. Practice five days a week was what we were all you know we were built on touring the whole thing, and we just felt like it was in it was it was keeping in line with trying to be as true to ourselves as possible by by having this relationship that we weren't going to let go um, of. And so I think that just set the tone. And then from yeah. there, you know, I mean, we've been now through, you know, life changes and things where, you know, where I'll call Aaron, Aaron calls me or, you know, whatever the guy, whatever it is, we've been through quite a bit that that bonds you past that at this point. You know, and it's unfortunate. I mean, frankly, I wouldn't trade anything that's ever happened. You know, if I if I had a choice, even. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's a bummer that it didn't turn out. Us. I mean, a di- I think we would all love to be have seen Phantoms realize what it really was probably capable of doing, mm-hmm. and and then have that experience uh, solely just because I think it would been the next ten years that we didn't do anything would have been a lot of fun just to make yeah. I mean Aaron was in Aaron was in his prime making records and I just think we could have made yeah. two or three in, in ten years maybe two or three really good records and I had a lot yeah. of fun. I, I, that's the part I'm I I'm that's a bummer. That's the thing I missed mm-hmm. probably that didn't get to happen. So anyway. No, um I just wanted to say something about that too because I've never really thought about that question before because it was just such a natural evolution it was like I was excited to work with you guys because I loved what I was hearing already and then it just sort of all fell into place on a like personal and creative and technical level it just just fell into place 
and it never stopped evolving. I feel like it still is evolving. Or not just the re- dynamic and relationship and sound with the band, but even my relationship with the band continues to evolve. And yeah, because yeah. the band's evolving and everything's changing. And and uh, you know, I honestly like remember feeling like, and I still do even more actually, if I really, if I think about like the sessions we did in Seattle for the last record and stuff like that, I just feel like you are probably the most synergistic collaborator I've ever worked with. Like, I feel like we don't even need words a lot of times, especially when we're working on songs or cutting vocals or whatever. We just get in this space and we don't even have, we just both know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because yeah. we've evolved together, I learned so much from you guys. And yeah. um, I was, you know, those were f- really formative years for me when we were making music together back in the beginning. And um, yeah. so it's almost like a fam- it's really familiar to, f- to yeah. me to work with you. It's very comfortable. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and that role has evolved. And, and you know, I, I feel privileged to be in that role. I don't feel like, oh, if it wasn't for me, acceptance wouldn't be, whatever. I, that's never how I've looked at it. It's like, I feel like we all came up together in yeah. it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I see that. It's, it, it's, it's like a really, dance. really cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, and now it's come full. I mean, when we do, we're going to be playing this year, and Aaron's going to be playing with us. You know, yeah. and it's like, that's the final step really i mean it's gonna yeah, come i'm gonna full be circle. doing all the parts i did on the record live yeah so i mean i yeah. think <laughs> so standing around me, and being like again yeah. <laughs> to, to me it's to me that's you know when, once it, when, when you think about i because I mean, i'm still it never really connects for me the amount of influence phantoms has had in the music industry and and people in general and Mm-hmm. You know, I think Aaron, you told me you were talking to somebody at Columbia that said something crazy like a million illegally downloaded records or something, mm-hmm. something crazy like that. Where like, you know, at the surface when we were when we quit as a band and Phantoms had been pulled off the shelves because of the copyright and uh, protection or the copy protection software and all that crap. Yeah. And we're like, okay, you know, that's too bad. It's a good record. And now, ten years later, it's like, well, yeah, you, you know, there were a million, a million of them in circulation, and it's like, yep. man, if, you know, it's just, it's so interesting to not. One, I hear that, I'm like, wow. One, it's, 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 it's a validation of the concept of like everything we've just tried to do has just been about connection, and then somehow this record, whenever we, you know, just it, it never seems to kind of fail that something will pop up. And it will just remind us of how deep this record connected with people just mm-hmm. in general. These moments will come up where you, you're reminded that somehow, for whatever reason, because that is, to me, at the surface, that particular in particular, Phantoms is, is not some unique thing. But I think what is unique is what it, whatever, what, what, it, what it took what, to get to that space. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it just ends up being... Yeah, it just you know continues to amaze me, and 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 not amaze me. I guess more like just validate the 
belief that that we had and what we put into yeah. it. Um, we were we were convinced that we were going to change the world with that record. And, yeah, uh, and, and it was never it, it it was never about it wasn't like about money or records. It was mm-hmm. like people are going to hear this and this is going to be the genre defining album of this mm-hmm. space, whatever the space yeah. was. Um, and it's going to, and it's going to impact people's lives for the better. And that's kind of what our yeah. goal was. And so what's weird or not weird at all, actually, it doesn't probably won't surprise anybody, but it is for sure the record that when, if I meet someone, um, there, that's the one they go, holy shit, you, you did that record. That's the number one record for me. <laughs> and, um, and it's also mostly like my experience with that has mostly been people that are in other bands and some of them are in like really huge, really successful bands where I'll meet someone like the singer of a very popular band and they'll be like, Whoa, you did. That's one of my favorite records ever made. That was a huge influence on us or whatever. And, um, still to this day, I was at this kind of, um, my manager asked me to go to this writing thing. Uh, it was like a, it's called pop hang and it's like a, where just a bunch of people hang out that are songwriters, you know, in Nashville and they're all really young kids. And like, I seriously had a crowd of people outside asking me about phantoms. Nice. Yes. Well, this was, this was like six months ago. Yeah. That's weird. So, I mean, it, it really is like, it's one of those weird things where I don't, I don't do get, know do, that what happened was bad. Even though, it, 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 like you said, we did miss out on that decade, but <clears throat> there's something sort of underground and like um, cult about that record that's also really beautiful and special. And you know, it's easy for me to say that now, but yeah. Um, at the time, you know, we were devastated, you know, when everything went down with the single and the, you know, the entire, um, your entire team getting let go at Columbia and the whole Howard Benson thing and just all, I mean, we have, we could talk for three hours about the stories just around making that record. But, um, so yeah, there is something really beautiful about what did transpire around the record. Uh, from from where I sit now, you know, with the hindsight, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as a listener, uh, I remember listening to Phantoms, and there's the you know I've listened to lots of different albums, but there are ones where I remember where I was when I heard it for the first time, and your album was that impactful that I was in the van with my band at the time, and when I our guitar player was like, "You got to hear this," and he played it for me, and it probably was some pirated. It definitely was a burnt CD, you know, like it probably was yeah. pirated. <laughs> But like, but I was like, it wasn't bought legally because you couldn't burn those. Yeah. But I was just like, (laughs) what is this? You know, it definitely, you know, was impactful. And, and maybe you didn't, you know, like you said, maybe you didn't have the result that you wanted, but, uh, but you did make an impact, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, and at the end of the day, that was, that, that was the goal, but you know, it would have been, who knows, you know, I think, I think when you look and you go for me, the, the, yeah, I mean, you know, you just want my life. I mean, hey, I'm happy with where I'm at in life, but you know, um, I think I would like to see. You know, Christian's still playing music and he's doing great and life's good. But mm-hmm. like, you know, what does that do for somebody like that? What does it do for 
I don't know, you know, maybe nobody would change it, but like, I also think like, I just think about the good that we could have done if we would have realized what was going on and, mm-hmm. you know, Aaron's right, but at the same token, it's, yeah. And it is interesting because you listen to it now and you go, you know, kind of, if you just could look back at it and you look at some of the songs and you say, Hey, why we should have just told him to shove it with the different for sure. But you know, it is what it is, but yeah, you just got to do what Don Einer says. Yeah. Donnie said, do about it. Donnie said, do it. I mean, how do you say no to Donnie? Yeah. I should have said, we should have met with Donnie. He said, you're going to play, t- you know, take cover and then you're going to do so contagious. And then after that, you could play the songs backwards and they'll sell. So I don't really care what yeah. you do after that. <laughs> Who, who's Donnie? He was he the was, CEO of Sony Music. Oh, nice. Or the president of Sony Music or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He was like the, the big wig that made the call for different to be the first single and like uh, literally everyone on the team on their A&R team of Columbia did not want to do it but they literally told us you have to do whatever Donnie Einer says the, the, so. the smartest guy that I've ever met in the industry Jonathan Daniel um, mm-hmm. was our was one of our managers at the time and he's a fantastic manager he's gone on to manage some great artists and the whole time and he's just kind of like a Real unassuming guy. He's not a he's not a showy guy. He's just kind of a you know blue collar. He's just kind of a real dude. The whole mm-hmm. time he's saying, yeah, you know, I mean, Jason, I just think that's so contagious is the song, but they just they're not they're not you know they don't want to go there yet. They're just so you know enamored with different. But I just think so contagious. At one point, remember Brian Maloof was going to maybe um, is it Brian Maloof? Is that the name of the mix engineer? Um, or is that the? Yeah. Am I, thinking, I think his name is Brian Maloof. Uh, yeah, I think you're he had, right. He, he had mixed some, some stuff, some, and yeah, and he was up. he was gonna mix so contagious. He called us, Aaron, and everything, and I think you know, Jonathan had maybe gotten Columbia almost to the point where they were gonna consider that song, and then it, it just everybody they just put the gas down on different instead, and. Um, Hmm. He obviously Jonathan ended up being right because that's so, so contagious is the song that looks to be like the, when you look in anywhere it's the most listened to song, yeah that we have and so you know whatever yeah but. Brian Maloof yeah is um, is his name and he is still a huge mixer uh, right yeah. now he's mixed massive stuff but yeah and and you know it's interesting because I think if I'm not mistaken the reason that. Einer was hell bent on different was because the reason by Hoobastank yeah. was such a big song and it was a ballad. Yeah. And you know, and and different is an amazing song. It's a it is it's a hit ballad for sure. But it wasn't the right song to come out the gates with. Yeah. Um and you know, I, I honestly think looking back too, that was only one of the issues that uh, that everything yeah. ran up against. I mean, there was there was there was a massively volatile atmosphere just at Columbia in general, and you know there was just a lot of different and and then the copy protection thing, which just really quickly like Columbia basically, I think Phantoms was one of the first records or maybe the first record that they tried out um, this new copy protection thing that made it it made the CD not play in something like. It was over fifty percent of CD players it wouldn't play in. There's like, like malware that. in it, or something crazy yeah, happened. I where can read. It, it, you want me to read from the Wikipedia what it says? 
The, yeah. the Sony BMG copy protection rookit scandal. Uh, a scandal erupted in 2005 regarding Sony BMG's implement of a copy protection measure on about 22 million CDs. When inserted into a computer, the CD installed one of two pieces of software uh, that provided a form of digital rights management. I did quotes uh, <laughs> by modifying the operating system to interfere with copy CD copying. Neither program could easily be uninstalled and they created vulnerabilities vulnerabilities that were exploited by unrelated malware. One of the programs would install and phone home with reports on the user's private listening habits, even if the user refused its end-user licensing agreement. Bananas, so, Against dude. their will. While, while the other was not mentioned in the EULA at all, both programs contained code from several pieces of copyrighted free software in an apparent infringement of copyright and configured the operating system to hide the software's existence, leading to both programs being classified as Rookit. I mean, so it was, it was literally installing a virus on people's computers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so that was obviously, I mean, That's I don't remember crazy. what the numbers were, but it was like almost all of the CDs were returned. Like, yeah. it was like really bad. And, uh, so yeah, it was a shitstorm of uh it was yeah, it was as though Satan himself was in command of the entire thing. But um I kind of yeah. want to <clears throat> I kind of want to talk about um well, actually, Matthew, what do you have next? Because I don't want to derail. Uh, I just uh, I wanted the so the then you guys broke up, which I'm assuming was because of all of these issues. Um with that with uh, the breakup I mean, the breakup's kind of not I mean I, the breakup's kind of weird because nobody really wanted to break up with me, so you know mm. it's kind of my that was my fault. But I mean, I think I think everybody now would say they were bummed and they they understood yeah. that you know the mood at the time we were, but we were demoing out a second record for Columbia. I mean, we were still on Columbia mm-hmm. at the time. We didn't get, you know mm-hmm. we hadn't. I'm sure we were going to get dropped at some point, but we hadn't yet. So you know we we're still yeah. in the process of making demos for Columbia, um, and. That process is what got got it for you know the the phantoms thing was like okay fine you know that happened what a bummer but it's not gonna you know when it we our touring was was really happening and we're at a high it was some cool touring mm-hmm. happening and there were still there were still some really positive stuff and we went and made some demos and you know desperate not afraid for instance mm-hmm. and and, and frankly. Dope. Those are two. They're good songs. I, you know, mm-hmm. Desperate is a is a fantastic. Like it's it's out there. You can go find it. You know, just like a rough demo of it. It's a good song. And not afraid. You know, was a really it was a rough demo. But in there was a a, a, a solid chorus and a feel mm-hmm. that really took the Phantoms feel. I think a step forward. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just got. I think what got me was just. We sent the demos in, and the A and R guy, our third A and R guy, was like, "You know, can you sing, write some stuff that sounds like the Foo Fighters?" And we're like, "I mean, I, you know, it just was so disconnected. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, we made Phantoms, and we're talking about, hey, can we get, can you put, do some advertising on like in like with AP Magazine?" And they're like, "What's? We don't mm-hmm. do that, you know." And they're just like, "They're so, it was so, they're uh-huh. so disconnected." It's like, hey, let's. Do, but we're gonna have you record the record again with Howard Benson. We'll spend a hundred grand, not the record, but one song. We'll have you re-record one song for a hundred grand, but we're not gonna spend, you know, five thousand dollars or something to be in an AP magazine, you know, or to yeah, be, that's uh, crazy. To ha- you know, to have have placement in uh, 
that MySpace or whatever the the music I can't remember the the um, the music platform at the time. It wasn't MySpace. It was something whatever it was called. But but you know it was it was disappointing. And then Napster. when we got yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Reverb. <laughs> was it Reverb Nation or no? Nah, it was the first. Was it was like something? all not all. It wasn't all music, but it was like it was like red and gray, like the colors of the I, website. I were think like yeah, red and gray. I can I can picture it too, but yeah. I can't think of what it was called. So just really, really quick for everybody that doesn't know what Jason's talking about as far as the Howard Benson thing, and I would like to disclaimer what I'm about to say with saying that I have the utmost respect for Howard Benson. And yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, this isn't a Howard Benson records. issue. No. Yeah. But what happened was. After Johnny Einer decided that Different was the first single, he told the band that they were going to re-record that song with Howard Benson, who is the person that produced The Reason by Hoobastank. And they <laughs> didn't have a choice. Um, and to my knowledge, they didn't want to do it. That was what they told me at the time. Even that's cr- their A&R didn't want them to do it. Their management didn't want them to do it. Everyone yep. was like, he loves the song. Why would we re-record it? So... Um, Howard, they went down and recorded it with Howard, and the budget was close to what we spent on the entire album of Phantoms. That's so crazy. Um, And long story short, that version that they spent all that time and money on has never seen the light of day, and it never will. Yep. Literally, literally nothing that they did with Howard ended up on the record or on the radio or anywhere. So, and you know, and they still had to recoup it too. The band still had to recoup that um, money. So. It was, it just, there was just a bunch of these things, I think. And I feel like when we were doing those demos, um, there was this feeling of like, okay, we're going to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and do this. But there was this sort of like ominous cloud about the label because we did feel like they were so disconnected, like you said, they just were not in touch with what was happening because there was this whole scene blowing up, right? Yep. And they were, and then they're like, "Can you write songs that sound like Foo Fighters?" And we're like, "Well, wait a minute, like, yeah, who, like, do, do, what is happening? Like, what do you yeah. do? You even know who we are? Like, do you yeah. know? Do you know who Acceptance is? Like, um, so I think yeah. that to me, because I remember feeling really good about those two demos. Like, I remember feeling really stoked about them, and um, and then hearing that the A and R guy was just kind of meh about them. Yeah. And I feel like that was pretty defeating, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I've got a couple quotes from uh, Christian about the breakup that I I, I thought would be interesting. Um, He said, said, you see, there comes a time in a band band member's life when he must choose between the abnormal life of a gypsy rock musician and the abnormal sorry, the abnormal life of gypsy rock musician and the normal life of a common man. Jason, our beloved lead singer, has chosen the latter and decided to take on the yoke of the common man. However, the rest <laughs> of us... Yeah. However, the rest of us do not share in this desire for normalcy and have decided to continue in our pursuit of rock stardom. <laughs> you should all be exper- expecting to hear a new kick ace rocking project from Nick, Kyle, and I, as well as a new project from Kalen and a bunch of secret people that I can't talk about right now. Yeah. Christian. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, the search rescue thing that Kalen did with Bobby was really good, actually. And yeah, Ryan, did, was. you know, and Ryan uh, was really good. I, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. They, I, they, I think they almost had a, 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 a label deal or some version of something that was going to come together. It just, just ended up not happening, but um, and then Christian and 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 Nick um, and Kyle 
you know, start, they did Thunder Thunder, which never actually, they never got to like a record or anything, but then they mm -hmm. were writing, doing some writing and doing some stuff. And, you know, it was, that's, there was some momentum there too. But yeah, I, so yeah, that's, you know, to your point, Matt, um, you know, I just, yeah, I took a different turn and it was kind of, I think it was, it was definitely a surprise to the band. It wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily a surprise that I, I was frustrated, but, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think they thought that I, I was going to walk in one day and say, "Hey, I got to be done." But, um, yeah, it was. I don't know. It's just hard to not. You you got to be all in. Yeah, I mean, you got handed a, a a shit situation, you know, shit sandwich, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and on the one side, you could say, "Hey, to me, it's once again, I wasn't all in all of a sudden, so I just can't do it." On the mm -hmm. other side, you know, if I was an artist that heard that. And was like, you're telling me, you know, you're in, you're you're still in a spot where you have a chance to do something with, you know. I would feel like that's pretty lame that the, the dude quit. <laughs> like, like, like I, I can mm -hmm. see it from both sides. It's like totally, you know, absolutely. I'm, I'm yeah. coming from a perspective of like, I want to be real and all and and in for the right reasons or or out. It's one or the other. It's not a yeah, middle yeah. ground. At the same token, like, right. how many artists are working to be in the position that I that you know we're in, and it's yeah. like. But, I, you know, so those are the things that you think about. Is it real? Is it? Is it real? <laughs> I mean, you have to just follow your heart and you got to do what's best for you and, and for your art, in my opinion. And it sounds like that's what you did. And I, I, I mean, it sounds, sounds like you made the right choice. I mean, you could be in a worse situation. I know I have friends that are in bands that had to change their name or, or start, you know, a whole new thing or whatever, because, yeah. you know, and to this day still don't own their songs or their name or any of that shit. And you guys yeah. at least were able to re recoup part of that, you know? So, yeah. 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 No, I mean, and we can, Hey, once again, we've been able to, we've enjoyed, we got back together and made some, got to make some music together and we've had, a, you know, we just had a lot of fun doing it and reconnecting and going through that process and, I mean, what brought the um, what brought you back together? How would how did that happen? Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about skipping ahead to colliding. Well, we, yeah, and just I how mean, that we kept, whole thing we, happened. We, no, no real. I mean, I had not talked to anybody for ten years straight up, just Aaron. Um, mm -hmm. And there was, I we had gotten asked to get to reunite and play a festival, and somebody had reached out to me, and I was like, I'm not really. I think I might have just been like. I don't even know if I responded actually, but what I know for sure happened is the next a year later, this I, we got I got contacted again, and I was like, hey, you know, for whatever reason, I was like, Christian is still kind of in the mix musically and talks to all the other guys in the band. That's the guy you should be reaching right. out to. And so they reached out to Christian, and Christian came back to the band and said, hey, it was the first time any of us had been in a communication space together and it was a text message I think hey you know the, um, it was Bamboozle or you know it was the last festival we, it's the last show we had done actually uh, Bamboozle Fest and they did Skate and Surf and it's, he said hey they want us to get back together or whatever and I don't know um, I, for, it just came, I just like okay let's do it and you know but that was um, the catalyst for everything yeah but you know I had mm. like you know we had parted ways with Garrett and when we had, I hadn't talked to Garrett since any of that. And there was a lot of mm -hmm. stuff. So, you know, that was really my first, I just, I said this, I, I, I knew that getting back together was for me personally, was going to be more than just playing music. It was going to be right. about 
reconnecting and, and, you know, like for sure reconnecting with the guys and, and owning my dominant personality being the, being a very dominant personality and, and also, you know, my relationships. And, and so, you know, I went and met with Garrett, you know, one-on-one before we, and I said to the guys, Hey, if we're going to get back together, it's everybody's getting back together or I'm not doing it. So I'm just not even going to consider it. And, At first, it was like, uh, not like in a weird, everybody's just like, well, really? You wouldn't do it? Like, like so if like, one of the guys doesn't want to do it, you're not going to do it still? I'm like, no, nah, I'm just, everybody or nobody. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. I mean, that's just where I was at. And so, mm-hmm. everybody was like, okay. And I remember, you know, meeting with Garrett. We had coffee or something together, and I hadn't talked to him for so, I mean, none of them, but, you know, I hadn't talked to him for even longer. And, mm-hmm. and just having you know, a good conversation with them. Um, and just feeling like so fortunate that I had mm. the chance to reconnect and, and, you know, we've now been back together for longer than we were a band. So, you know, like, or whatever yeah. you want to say, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. eight years, it's not, it's like eight years now. And we mm-hmm. were banned, you know, almost, uh, for like, well, 1999 to 2005 or six, you know, so six, yeah. seven years. Um, mm-hmm. so it, that was the part that was, I was, I just felt fortunate to have that opportunity. And, and yeah, so I went through and kind of just some of the things that I felt like were important to say and, and connect with Ryan and, um, and yeah, it just, that was the most important piece of it. And it was, it turned out to be so cool and, and such a good deal. Um, just to be able to spend time with those guys. And we, in 2016, we, we ended up playing maybe 20, 25 concerts. We actually ended up playing a lot of concerts in about a year period, made it over to Australia um, for some concerts and just did a lot of cool stuff. That's and very cool. Yeah, it was, and it was all about just having a good time as a group. And like, we have like, it would be, it's wild, yeah. We'd have these bus parties and it was just the five of us on the bus. Like just having, like having a good time. Like we didn't even, we're like, are you ready to have, if you're not, you know, like it was just a good time. It wasn't, we didn't need anybody or anything. It just was kind of us. It felt very yeah. real and very cool. You reclaimed what what you thought you had lost previously, it sounds like. I think so. I think so. I, I, I Right now I feel, I don't feel connected because, I, you know, COVID kind of hit and we've all just been on our own ways and, I think we lost some some connectivity because we haven't been able to see each other or we didn't pl- we haven't played. Um, so I feel disconnected right now, and it's yeah. a bummer. Because, but I'm looking forward to it. We get to we're going to see we're get we're getting together this year. So yeah, yeah. It's so I, I'd like to just say that when we did colliding, it it felt like a. I, I'm trying to figure out how to put 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 it put words to it but it felt like the old days but this call there was a calm over it yeah. there was like this um like a like a like a steadfast kind of calm that we had yeah and yeah and, and i don't mean like aloof i don't mean like we we because the there was so much drive happening in that album in that album yeah. but yep um, it just it didn't have this urgency or like anxiety it was, to it. Yeah, uh, I think, and it, I think it felt it, really good. Yeah, to Aaron's point, like when we were making the EP and we were making Phantoms, you know, the band 
the dominant personalities are, are Kalen and I. And mm-hmm. him and I get along like very, very well, but we're opposite. You mm-hmm. know, when we are make we he he he'll write a song. I'll say it doesn't work. He'll say why doesn't it work, and we'll just go back and forth, and then you know, but and then we'll move on. And we just we're you know, in, in the recording process, the band was driven by he's insatiable when it comes to the minute details. He's the guy that's going to make sure that the details are are honored. That uh, you know, you're never going to see a scene where the guy's got the name tag upside down. Like it's not going to be that. Like right, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's, there's not going to be a, a Starbucks. Guy. There's not going to be a Starbucks coffee cup in the background of the Game of Thrones scene. <laughs> like this is not going to happen. If well, on his watch, but yeah. we'll, and and then there's this authenticity that he's looking for musically. And he will hold you accountable to it. And, and there is, um, but there, it's, there, there's a pressure that comes with that, you know, to, mm-hmm. cause you know, it's always coming. And mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm relentless, uh, from a, it's gotta be better. It's gotta be bigger. It's gotta be different. We gotta, you know, it's gotta be this other thing. And, um, you know, we gotta push ourselves. That song's not good enough. We need to write another song. We, gotta, I mean, mm-hmm. take cover was recorded. <laughs> And it's like, nope, this ain't going to work. And, we, and yeah. I remember everybody left. Remember, Aaron, it was just you and me. Everybody left because yep. we were like, I think we we're all, they're probably all mad at me. And I think Aaron, I don't remember this, but I'm sure it was probably some version of Aaron being like, hey, guys, why don't you all go get some food? Mm-hmm. And we'll just kind of jam off it for a second because I, I can get into these moments where it's like the world's falling apart because we don't have, we haven't written the, the, the greatest song. This isn't, this isn't yeah, what yeah. it's supposed to be. So yeah. I think to Aaron's point, there's, with colliding, uh, the focus was there, and the desires. Were, those some of those same principles were there, but yes, they were approached with a maturity mm-hmm. and an inclusiveness. Maturity, great word, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and, and an inclusive nature. And you know, yeah, I was going to still say this needs to be better, but I was going to also say, "Hey, Ryan, Garrett, Christian, Kalen, what do you guys think? Or right. do you There's have a thought inclusivity here?" Inclusivity and and compassion and empathy and like. But yeah. it was natural. It wasn't contrived. It wasn't forced. It just was where everybody was at the time. And that that's why I think it was so cool. Do you think that's yeah, the like, kind like, of like... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like on Fire and Rain, Aaron, if you recall, we were kind of... There was a moment, you know, Christian was messing around with something. And I'm like, oh, that's what it needs to be. And we got that kind mm-hmm. of... What it got... And like that whole thing vibed off that. And traditionally, that would have been... That could have been a... You know, a moment where... I mean, we had that moment on Wild Free with 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 um, release and let go, and you know you you save the day because instead of you know and and this is our maturity you know Kalen knows now instead of like us him get so because what might happen he might get frustrated at me because I'm trying to push like if it was Phantoms he'd be mad why is Jason just he's always freaking out it's it's fine you know and it was just we'd have these moments and, and, and it could, it, it, him and I never went and got at it. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, Aaron, if mm-hmm. you're, we never gotten into it. Like we've never like mm-hmm. yelled at each other and just like throwing mm-hmm. things at, like we, we never had that relationship. It's just, we were, we we're the opposing, right. You know, uh, there's a productive tension between. Your yeah, and, but yeah. On release and let go. It was like, Kalen said, I remember saying something like Jason, you're Jay, you're going to get it. It's going to be okay. Like, you know, like he was like more like, it's going to be okay. And that helps me to be like, okay, I'll just take a breath. We can move on. And I remember Aaron be like, Hey, let me just take it home tonight. Let me listen to it. And, and, and let me jam it out. And I think we're going to be fine. And of course that trust 
was developed yeah. and we were able to get and right, that song yeah that song turned out to be a really good song i mean it's a yeah great you know what's track. interesting about that is if i if and this is just something i'm thinking about right now for the first time is that Really, in with the first two things back in the day, the only mediator was me in those situations, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But now everyone's self-mediating. Like you're, mm-hmm. you were mediating. Kalen was like, we're all in it. We're all in in that space together. Yeah. So it's a different. It's a different type of atmosphere. But, I, I was just going to ask because you think that that basically came with um with wisdom that comes from growth from from adulthood. You know from age yeah yeah i i, I it's the, the journey for me the biggest thing is i mean because yeah and we're, we're not going to get obviously be able to get too deep into this but as a young man i was i'm very idealistic i'm idealistic musically uh i'm idealistic when it comes to my my spirituality my religious beliefs like all these different everything's idealistic everything mm-hmm. and you know i i haven't I, you know, that stuff's all still inside of me, but the, the learnings and, and the growth and the maturity for me personally, and I think I, yes, I would agree, I think I see that in everybody. It, it's been really cool and it's just, it's what's allowed us to have better relationships and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and to enjoy life at a different level. And yeah, you know, and those are the, those are the, I'm, I'm glad that I've gotten that out of music, out of the relationship with these, these men, you know, and, and, uh, in band and with Aaron and there's, there is that the, the journey of acceptance, there's a lot of, of stuff in there for all of us that have, that, that, that I think is the good news is it's taken us from one place to another and we've all come out of it in a better, as better humans is what I, I really mm-hmm. do think that. And, and the relationships, that. yeah, I think the relationships have been at the core of that. Um, you know, there's just true love for each other. There's a hundred percent. Yeah. My observation of sort of that answer of that question, and this is something I observed in you guys a lot and even in myself, because, you know, we did kind of grow together is that, that sense of kind of urgency that we had in the early days of like, Hey, this is our shot. We got to do this mm. was replaced, you know, 50, 10 years later with, a sense of gratitude. Yeah. Mm. Like we enjoy, were like, enjoy the moment. Oh, I can't believe we get to do this again. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the drive was still there. I mean, everyone's, uh, everyone's like values and like, you know, this isn't done yet. This, this could yeah. be better. That was all still there, but there was a sense of like gratitude yeah. and, and compassion and like the relationships were so focused on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and and it made this i mean i think those records you know colliding and uh wild free are just all, i mean i'm so proud of them. i mean just think they're yeah. so great and i think you can literally hear that in those records you can hear the headspace we were in yeah. uh, and that you guys were in when you were making it and and i, I it, you know it, it, yeah. the other just to add to that you know and letting go you know ryan i mean i had written lyrics on every record ryan wrote lyrics on Wild yep. Free, you know? And that, mm. to me, for me, that was like the last piece of me personally, like totally letting yeah. go, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we collaborated on most of that record together. Um, I love that. And yeah, I was just, you were, It's almost like you were practicing acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, and that is a good, that is, 
that's a good what is that a segue to um, yeah to our uh, I'm session I'm so tonight. sorry I'm really sorry I, I that is <laughs> Well, you oh. knew it was good. You're going to have to cut us off anyway, Aaron. You knew it was cool. Good. I just, the only thing I got is I want to know what's, what's the future is, which I kind of know, but I'm sure the listeners want to know. And then I got a couple questions from some people. Okay. So, um, we're, we've, we're, our next commitment, like when you can see the band or hear, you know, the band's going to be active. We're playing when we were young festival, which is in Las Vegas in October. It's three different dates. It's, uh, it's like, it might be a, a once in a lifetime type environment mm-hmm. the artists yeah. that are going to be playing this this i can't even put i still can't comprehend how many amazing artists and contemporaries and and peers and friends that are going to be at this thing um yeah so we're insane. doing that we're really excited aaron's gonna you know that's a surprise that's probably I, i've just let a surprise out of the bag not that it was going to be i don't know if it was a surprise or not but aaron's going to be with us and we're talking right now we you know we need to we're working on music um, so we, we've got some stuff written and we are really excited about what that looks like. And then we'll, you know, we'll play some concert. We got to, we haven't played in a few years, so we got to all get together mm-hmm. and play. So we're, we're going to try and figure something out somewhere, you know, between now and, and October to try and get a, a gig or two in. But, uh, mm-hmm. that w- it will be the end of this year will be an exciting time for, for the band. There'll be some new music and they'll just be, you know, we'll just go from there. Um, but yeah. So whole band Sick. live close. Uh well, Aaron's in Nashville and Christians in in Florida, and then the rest of the band is in uh, okay. within you know a half hour, an hour of each other here. Yeah. So getting in us all Washington. together is, is going to be a challenge, but um, but we'll, we'll figure we, we figured out you know we'll figure it out. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. Yeah. Some. some we'll do one Vir- of these virtual. Yeah, I mean, Aaron had told me on your last record, Wild Free, that you were doing vocals. And or I guess maybe other parts virtually and sending it to him and or I guess being live and yeah yeah and stuff. making a making a record <laughs> is not is is we have a process down pretty good from that perspective we can make a record mm-hmm. and that's probably easier than playing a concert for us yeah, yeah I imagine so yeah um, and yeah. you know this last year I mean COVID's really I mean now I mean. Aaron, if you remember this, when we were doing Colliding by Design, it was still a lot of talk about how many shows you're going to be able to play, how many shows you're going to be able to play. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. to, in 2016. And now in 2022, mm-hmm. everybody I talk to, re- label, manager, whatever, they're like, man, no, nobody really cares about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. Well, let's make a record. Let's yeah. go. I mean, because yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we can do. I mean, we can, yeah. we can write that's songs. kind of our dream. <laughs> like, we can write yeah. songs all the time. Like, yeah. and you just let us go. Let us go. Yeah. So. We'll no. see. I mean, I, I hope that we can find a way to navigate that world successfully. And if we can, then I don't think, you know, we go away. You know, I don't think we ever go away, quite yeah. frankly. I love that. Yeah. So I, I had, I had uh, five people send in questions and uh, I'll, I'll ask you if you don't want to answer them or want to skip, just, just say so and we'll edit it out or whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, Patrick Kermont uh, asked, what is your process like when working together? So I guess like when does do you does the band come with a full song and then Aaron helps maybe adding a part or taking out a part or shaping or is he there from the yeah. inception or uh you know the our the process is it, uh, that is is kind of fluid because we're we're so connected like we're so used to making music that we can kind of especially Aaron and Kaylin and I for sure we kind of have can get a like I could write a 30 second 
bass line with a vocal melody over it or like a piano like a little just like a pad with a vocal melody over it and kind of say this is where it's going and Aaron and or Kaylin can turn that into a track it's a song mm-hmm. you know that we just build off of mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Kaylin or Kaylin might write the basics of a whole song on GarageBand and send mm-hmm. it to us and once again you know I can take that and sing out all my parts sing a you know a top line to it and then Aaron might take it and just kind of visualize it at another level so it really um it's really fluid and it's it, it it once again I think we just we understand each other and what we write and how we write and some of these different things that we can just kind of hear it go oh yeah I see where that's going to go and sometimes it doesn't end up being what we sent but we know mm-hmm. it's <laughs> we're like it's going to be good don't worry like it's like we don't even like mm-hmm. question it's like we can feel that the essence is there so it's a very from that perspective our songwriting process is very it's a very it's not easy to write a good song but it's a very Mm. easy process you know yeah 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 that's a good answer yeah i feel like someone could like drop their phone while they were making a voice memo and we could be like ooh that's cool and we could make a whole song out of that like it's it doesn't matter like it, it doesn't really matter where where the inception is from like yeah. we can yeah. make it work yeah. if we're all feeling it yeah i love yeah. that and the, the the no ego uh the song is what comes first and that anything can be a song right yeah i love yeah. that yeah um uh priscilla gallardo says how did the lullaby how did the lullaby acceptance cover album entitled Trypto Phantoms by Sparrows Sparrows Keeps come about do you know about this uh so i do but you know what these things so this i think it's this, in the last year so we had i think a data remember did a live acoustic cover of take cover on their you know, they did a session uh, in, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in quarantine. Yeah, I think I saw that too, yeah. Um, and I was, nobody, you know, n- neither good nor bad. I, it's it's a, it's a, that's pretty cool actually. But, you know, nobody, it just happened. Like nobody's like, hey, you guys, we're going to do your song on this thing. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, it's flattering. It's great. It's, that, and that yeah. turned out great. They did a good, they did a great job. And then the Trypto Phantoms deal came out and we just found out about it when it dropped. And another really cool I mean, funny. Once again, you kind of when you you think about Jimmy World as a as a influence, and you think about like Clarity being a huge, so much xylophone and so much like like Phantoms yeah. being you know Phantoms being converted to a lullaby feel makes and, and it sounding cool <laughs> makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, with with some of the references that we were really into at the time. So, um, but yeah, we didn't know that stuff just kind of happens. Um, it's interesting, actually. Yeah, I listened yeah, like to it. Like when I covered, like when I covered "So Contagious" on my actually, yeah, you're like, hey, in, yeah, tw- you, in 2013, and it was awesome. And, you know, and, and I mean, you text me it obviously, I just but sent like it to you, yeah, yeah, he just sent it to me. It wasn't like, hey, do you want to have it to you done? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, awesome. You know, and it turned out great. Um, yeah, but I mean, I was, I think I sang on a song with All Time Low, and at, you know, at the time, I met them maybe a couple weeks earlier. But I wasn't super familiar. I mean, I wasn't really into the music scene at the time. I'd been ten years out of the mm-hmm. scene, and I just got a call, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Hey, we, we want to sing on the record." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, cool." I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just kind of weird stuff like that that just kind of happens. Yeah. Um, but, well, that goes yeah. back to what we were talking about. Before. I mean, that shows that you had reach, you know, that you affected people, and and now you're affecting babies, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that was the that was really the initial goal. It, 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 <laughs> the thing is, is they you know, affecting babies at, 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 at a certain age, you start to form your own opinions, and that really we felt like yeah. when that if we could get them before any opinions <laughs> were, were like words even. <laughs> We felt like we had a better chance. So if if Mozart makes babies really, really smart, what does acceptance make babies? Uh, acceptance actually makes babies. That's actually really <laughs> just take... Yeah, that's, that's, yeah I was going to actually bring that up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean... You know... They got they got some songs on the last two records that I could see I could see putting the mood in. There's some about. baby making music in there. Yeah, there's yeah, some sure. Baby. There's some. There it is for sure. She had asked also if Aaron and I would be open to something like that. I mean, I, of course, yeah. Now, who wouldn't want making someone babies? to babies? No, yeah, no to make <laughs> having lullabies made of our songs. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'll make a baby right now. Yeah. <laughs> me. let's go. <laughs> Dare me. <laughs> this is where you'll have to uh, prove that you're 18 years old. Or... <laughs> um, yeah. Jamie B- Bonsall uh, asks, what is Aaron's role in the band? I think we already mentioned that. Uh, I remember hearing it somewhere that he was almost like an honorary member or something. I knew he produced. Yeah, we already answered that. Yeah. Let's yeah. see if there's can, anything else. Skip he... it. Sorry, Jamie. So, yeah. We're, we're going to edit this out, though. But he is essentially a member of the band. Yeah, he he did say. Uh, is it, do you have any studio stories about an acceptance song that he transformed into something completely different or way different? Uh, you know, we touched on it. We touched we we touched on it on, in that moment there. Uh, I mean, the the probably the biggest song that for you know an acceptance fan might want to have that story is is you know, I mean, I think there's two. So different different was an upbeat, almost had a folk kind of cadence to it when Christian first wrote the guitar part for it um, and you know we gotta give Lou Giordano some credit cause he you know I don't know if you remember this Aaron but he said you need to slow this song down and turn it into a ballad yeah. and but we, didn't, we didn't know how to get there and, and Aaron you know Aaron wrote the piano part um, that opens that song that's really anchors that entire song and that you know that was the transition that really that, that set that song off and then Take Cover, and I can't even remember, but Take Cover was just a completely uh, different song. And once again, uh, Aaron wrote that piano open that, you know, is kind of like the really memorable piece of that, of the intro of that song. And it just, and I think that, you know, I think we collaborated in theory on the idea of like the drum idea, how it was going to be like, kind of like, da 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 da, and then it was going to come, you know, come all come out. And we, we kind of had these thoughts that we were bouncing off each other, but. We the take cover story is the best one because we literally had recorded vocals and 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 arranged the song and, and drums and everything, and we just ripped it apart and just kind of started over again. And we wrote the song yeah. in one night, and we were bouncing off the walls when we finished yeah. that song. We literally were were running from one side of the studio to the other and throwing ourselves that. against the wall yeah. because we wanted to just because the energy was so good. We're like this if we do this. This will match how good this song is. We just throw ourselves against yeah. the wall. We I love and, that. And that that night, well, that was the night that like everybody left, and then 
Yeah. I remember we we spent we were, I don't even know how late we were there, but like we just ch- I chopped we, it up and I did that piano thing and I yeah. did those you know made those drum like all the cutting yeah. it up and yeah and I think that we drank loop. some red wine probably too. Oh but, yeah, um, yeah. It was good. It was a good night. Yeah. We laughed so hard that night. It was good. That's awesome. Oh yeah, we were dying. Yeah, that's awesome. It was a good night. Um, Eaton Levine asks, what material do you plan on playing for your When We Were Young set? Do you already know what the, the set list is? I'm sure you're not going to tell we people what the set list is. but Well, I, we don't know because I think we don't even know the set time. And I'm just mm. guessing right now. I, I know we know the set time because it's in the, our contract, I believe. But I haven't asked it because I'm, I'm scared to find out what it is. Because, I mean, it can't be more than 20, 30 minutes with that many bands. Yeah, you would um, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So My it's guess like, is 25 minutes. Yeah, probably. So someone you know, you, told me that they're that they're someone told me, Jason, actually recently, that they heard that they were going to do rotating stages for that festival. So literally, you're setting up and line checking and getting set up as someone's while finishing. the other band is playing, and then the stage rotates, and then you play. Hmm. So there's no uh, there's no transition time in between sets, and well, I don't, I do not know if that's true, and I don't even remember who told me that. But it I was mean, in I, the last few days that somebody told me that. What I would say <laughs> is, is, is they've sold, they've probably sold somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred thousand tickets, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's like sixty, seventy thousand people per day. So I imagine when you have, when you sell that many tickets. There's a financial infrastructure. There's a confidence that you yeah. can go. They'll be able to add. They'll add a stage. They'll do rotate. They're mm-hmm. not gonna. Trust me. When they. It's not gonna be they, a shit show. When you go to the FAQs now Hopefully. and they. Specific, <laughs> well, I'm yeah, saying that you know they've the the the, the 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 event has specifically addressed that in their F, FAQ. Mm-hmm. They know it's an issue, and these guys that are doing this event aren't. They they care about the music. I mean, we're in there only because. Yeah. The, you know they booked acceptance back in the past, and you know, and, and that's one of their connections. They're not just some a group of guy, you know, people that are just oh, people like emo. Let's do a festival. These people care about yeah. the music. So, I I would say twenty five minutes would be, you know, thirty would be awesome. But I think it's twenty five, and I still think that's fine. And that's you know, and mm-hmm. reality is with that many bands, how I mean, you, you're gonna get. I mean, you kind of gotta move it. And so uh, anyway, long story short. Um, you know, you got to think five, that's six songs, maybe, probably. Um, and so you're probably going to, you're probably going to play four songs from Phantoms, one song from Wild Free and one song from Colliding. Um, yeah. Or if we write, you know, if we write something or in the we'll meantime. Or we'll do something surprising, maybe. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that. We're not going to put that out there. We have an idea that that could yeah, be. Yeah, we have a surprise idea that we might try. That, not that not doing your songs Kaylin at all. Kalen will hate it. But it will be awesome. I just, that's, <laughs> that part I do know. Kalen hates everything, though. Yeah, I'm just going to give him the idea. He says, that's at first, not at first he hates everything. But then when he hears it, it's awesome. He's like, "Well, that's awesome." Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Um, and we've got one more. Uh, Luke Brimmer. Uh, it says, "My favorite acceptance song is Haunted. It is such a great track and has an awesome lyric video. Was there any un- anything unique about writing or recording of that song that might have contributed to it being such a standout track?" And then they just, uh, they said, uh, Phantom has seen several successful vining pressings with bad timing records. Has the band been able to to be involved in that process? Or what was it like re-releasing the album so many years after its first release? Okay, so the first one, uh, let's go, I'm going to do the second one first because uh, I don't want to end on this. But um, So we haven't been, the bad timing pressings are awesome. The first, I mean, I know, I remember the first pressing, just hearing about it randomly, it sold out in, you know, minutes. 
and that was like a really big deal, you know. That I get and a surprise, I guess, is the right word. And they, they, that I think the fact that they care about the band and cared about the record enough to do all that is cool. Um, that was the first you know, one, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I would just say this, and it's just my two cents because we weren't a band at the time now we are kind of an active band and we've made records since mm-hmm. I would have lo- I would have actually loved a little bit more dialogue on it you know mm-hmm. uh, on some of the pressings that came later because um, yeah. I mean I don't know maybe the band want, would have a cool idea of like a of a variant or maybe we would even mm-hmm. want to add a song to it or who knows what so they're right. really mm-hmm. you know those are the only things that like would be cool um but you know we, that might be something we do. The, you know the license is out there now. So yeah, I mean what people don't know is that like literally anyone could just license any record that's available to license and release it, and the band has literally no say about it. Yeah, they, yeah. Whoever owns. And once you get the cool thing is those guys, I think are acceptance fans, and I don't. You know, it's all good. It's just they sent me one. Yeah, yeah. Like they they literally reached out to me and sent me. That's one cool. So but I mean, I but just one. just yeah. imagine if we had a, a a vinyl variant that just said like "talk to the hand," you know, on it, <laughs> or like you know, I just feel like yeah. they're missing out on an opportunity. And then the other one yeah. is haunted, and and you know, so colliding by design to me is one of the one of the best sounding records that I I if I put a record on, no matter who the band is, mm-hmm. um, it's one of the best sounding albums. In my rec- that, that I'll, in, in my mind, that I'll ever listen. When I put stuff on and I then put on colliding, I listen to it purely from a fan or like a li- listener perspective. I'm like, I inch, aside from liking the songs, just the sound of the record. Uh, we had some gr- amazing mix engineers mix this record, and it just yeah. sounds so cool. And there's some the guitar work in that record is so good. Christian and Kalen just did. I'm telling you, when you if you really listen to that record, you get into it. You listen. I mean, it, it takes a couple of listens. For that perspective, but there's just so much cool guitar work going on. But Haunted um, One was really hard to sing, very high uh, for me in my range, very very high. I, I, you know, I remember um, Aaron and we were we recorded that in Nashville, and it was the first song we did, and I'm glad it was because I was like, one point I was like, I don't know that I can sing this. This is crazy how high this is, and I'm like, I mean, I've done the demo, and I'm just like, Ugh. so. Uh, it really challenged me from a, it doesn't sound like it because it's kind of all in one range, quite frankly. Um, I just sing it not as loud in different spots, but mm-hmm. it's actually a really hard song to sing. Um, but I love the opening verse, lyric, and feel. And I did, I thought we really captured this like haunting feel. The song feels, <laughs> yeah. the song feels haunting to me. Um, and it's just, and, and Christian actually really handled the lyric video. He did all that really out in Florida, and he did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in the video. He's the guy in the video, and um, it's awesome. It's just, I feel like that song was kind of my baby too. Like I was yeah. pretty invested in that song. Yeah, like I, yeah. I poured like all of my soul into that song. It's yeah, because I it was haunting me, like literally, yeah. like it it haunted me, and I just couldn't. I was compelled to. It's uh, one of my uh, it favorite. Ex- it's one of my favorite acceptance songs. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, me too. Well, so. I guess that's it. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. Is I mean, yeah. is there anything that you or Aaron didn't get to talk about or, or say or even to each other that you you wanted to? I, I would like to say something. J- I mean, Jason is one of you know. He's one of the. 
you might be the first guy friend that I felt comfortable saying I love you to. Yeah. Like, like I, I love you, Jason. Yeah. Like you yeah. are, you, I love you, that. We are, you, you're a soulmate to me for yeah. real. And, yeah. uh, and no matter how much time goes by in between us talking, it's like nothing, no time went by. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's it um, really, I mean, it, it, it's the same, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm not going to get too deep into this part of it, but like Aaron, you obviously, you know, cause I've had some ups and downs, like just, you know, I've had my stuff mm-hmm. that I've gone through in life and, you know, yeah. if you recall, Me I mean, I, you were, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you were one of my first phone calls, you know, just whenever something happened that I just mm-hmm. needed to talk to somebody and I just always felt like that connection from, you know, music is a connection already just naturally that mm-hmm. you're, do, you're exposing yourself and you're connecting. So I always felt that, but, but we would have conversations and they were just, they were personal, they were real and there was no judgment. Vulnerable. And it was just, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was always okay. It was always okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I agree um, with that. I think, you know, the, it's there's a lot of love and it's nice to have a relationship where no matter what you know that that you can always count on that you know um Mm -hmm. so i think that's special it's something that we'll always have for we've had it now for you know 22 23 years or so and um (laughs) we're we're going strong and i'm you know so yeah yeah, i mean that's probably i'd say that's the coolest thing about all i love that and that, yeah, and it's why I feel so comfortable on this podcast, letting you know that my price for playing the festivals is just Alexis. Okay, That's all I need. yeah. Well, so, and yeah. I was thinking, I was actually thinking, and I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I felt like Matt and I kind of had a spark, and if if anybody, yeah, was going to replace you, as yes, yeah, that, yeah, I mm-hmm. just it was. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was when you read off. Luke's question, or <laughs> where in the process that it, it hit me? But pretty late, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was when the bourbon really kicked in. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I can come and move uh, a guitar or two. You know, you just move it from yeah. this side of the stage. Jason to the other. is not drinking anything, by the way, right now that we can see. He might be hiding it, but we can't. If I was drinking something, we, this would be a three-hour podcast, not a one-hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're lucky I'm not drinking something. <laughs> okay. Awesome, Jason. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, dude. Yes. That's such a huge deal that you did this, and so I great love to meet you. you. And um, hey, likewise. Yeah. And I love you, and likewise, nice to meet you as well, Matt. And. Uh, Wish you guys the best, uh, Aaron. Let's try and uh, hook up this week. We got We got to talk shop. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Another hour conversation. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother. Okay, take care. Awesome. Take care. All right, All right buddy. Bye. 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 All right. So there it is. Our interview with Jason Vena. Uh, we would love to hear what you guys think. We have an Instagram and a Facebook for Moon Traveling Podcast. Um, we are active on both of them to some degree, I think more so in, in the Facebook. Feel free to send us any questions or thoughts about this episode, what you thought. Um, make sure to go see Aaron. He's going to be playing, as you heard, with Acceptance in October. What are those dates? Do you know? Um, they are October 22, 23, and 29 in Las Vegas, Nevada. But I think they're sold out. 
Yeah, so maybe you might be able to get there and get a scalper yeah. or look on StubHub or something if you're yeah. really, really interested. Um, we also want to take a moment to thank our Patreons. We just got a new Patreon subscriber. His name's Christopher Robinson. Thank you so much for signing up, Christopher. Thanks, Christopher. Uh, if you w- would like to be m- a, more of a part of this podcast, you can join our Patreon. We have three di- three or four different levels, and each come with other perks, uh, like listening to this podcast er- early, before everyone else does, as well as exclusive st- stickers, exclusive tees, uh, discounts on merch and other goodies. So make sure to go check that out today. Uh, I think it's patreon.com slash podcast, or if you just go to Patreon and search or I'm sure Google could find it too. Yeah, um, it's good at that. And uh, lastly, uh, the label I have, Pacific Records, has a uh, album that is for pre-order right now. Called it's a tribute to uh, one of my favorite bands and a band that Aaron has worked with called Starflyer Fifty Nine. The album That's... is called Ma- Major Awards, a tribute to Starflyer, and it features uh, other of our mutual friends and people that you've worked with, like Jesse Sprinkle, your brother, and Squat Five O. What? Yeah. <laughs> and Huntington's and me. So, uh, yeah, go to pacifico.bandcamp.com um, and go and pre-order your copy. They yeah. are close to being selling out, so don't yeah, you want to get that. Out. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks again to Jason uh, for that chat. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. And until next time, we will see you again soon. We love you. We love you very much. <laughs>